The Trivia Music Show of your favorite pop stars. How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Pop Muse, the pop music trivia show of your favorite stars. And for those joining us for the first time, we scour the internet and find lesser known facts about some of the big names, legends, megastars, or what I always say, some cool cats from the international and national stage to fill you in on. And let's see at the end of this episode if you know as much as you think you know about some of these big icons in music. I'm TJ Reed, and I got my bro from Hangzhou in the studio. What's going on, man? I'm always feeling good when I'm doing the show with you, TJ. Yeah, that's what's up. And I wanted to just keep a certain tradition that went away for a little while, and I kind of want to bring it back. So I got a little riddle for you. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So here's the question. Why did the tortilla chip start dancing? Why did the tortilla chip start dancing? Yeah. <laughs> First of all, do you know what a tortilla is? Yeah. Okay, okay. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> uh, oh, I'm so bad at this because it's I know. silly. I yeah, know. It's really hard. <laughs> but once I tell you, you're going to feel like you should have gotten it. Mm. Any clues? No. No? All right. None whatsoever. So the tortilla chip started dancing because it was dipped in salsa. Ah, okay. <laughs> yes. That's a good one. Yeah, I love it. I yeah. love it. So, man, you got somebody special you want to share with us today? Yes. Someone who is very special because she has a lovely story. Now, unlike usual stars we talk about on this show, she doesn't really have anything dark. Okay. Which is quite rare. Yeah, yeah. And she still turned out fine. So it goes to show that tortured artist is a fake concept. All right, all right. Well, today, my artist is a little bit on the dark side, but I guess has found the light in his tunnel and has shown that light on a lot of his listeners, including myself. Love his music, and I am looking forward to sharing his story and also his music with our listeners out there. And you definitely know who this guy is. Okay. Okay, I I love where this is going. So we'll talk about something with a dark past and then something uh, lighter. Mm -hmm. Who doesn't love that trajection? Yeah, yeah. But before we get started, folks, we want to drop our disclaimer that we do for every episode and that everything that we find on this program is Internet based and some of our facts could be outdated, possibly a little erroneous. So if any of you out there hear anything that is incorrect or could be elaborated on a little bit more, please reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you, and hopefully we can update it onto a later episode. So now that that is done, I'm going to go ahead and jump right into my artist. I'm going to go ahead and start with fact number one, and this is according to Encyclopedia Britannica and Wikipedia. So this artist, um, according to different sources, okay, because I, you know, some sources say that his parents were firefighters, but most of them say that he, his parents were ordained ministers. Okay. So he kind of grew up in this environment. Obviously, his uh, music appeal or his performances started in the church. And this is where things get a little bit more complicated. His father ended up passing away when he was just two years old. Wow. And um, yeah, and his mother was just was kind of there for him. And she always encouraged him to do music during his youth. But unfortunately, she was paralyzed 
in a car crash when she when he was about 16 years old and she and she died a couple years later when he was 18. Wow, talk about an unfortunate childhood. Yeah. First fatherless and then motherless. Yeah, yeah. I think it's something that most people would probably struggle with for the rest of their their life. Um, At the time of his mother's death, his uh, career with his uh, group, he formed a, um, you know, a rap group and had just begun to take off. But subsequently, he struggled with a lot of issues. As I mentioned before, he dabbled uh, with uh, suicidal thoughts, uh, which later he wrote about in various songs throughout Mm. his career. As an adolescent, he engaged in some gang activity and he committed some petty theft. And after dropping out of school in the ninth grade, he was sent to military academy. And that's where he eventually earned his GED. And yes, uh, a bit of a rough start. But uh, let's move on to fact number two. This artist described himself as being a goon. And I had to look that up. I mean, I, I kind of knew what that meant. But I just just to you know get some clarity here for our listeners. This agoon is someone who could be foolish or an eccentric person, but also could be a violent, aggressive person, sometimes to hire to intimidate or harm people. And I'm I'm assuming that it's probably the former, that mm. he was probably eccentric and foolish. But I don't know. I mean, he's also had his days of crime as well. So in his youth, he also described himself as being a kleptomaniac. Yeah, I know what that means. And also a pyromaniac. And I had to look that up. And according you like to, to steal things and yeah, you like to set fire. According to Mayo Clinic, a U.S. health authority, this is like a an imp, it's an impulse control condition where, uh, and, and it, you know, I guess the, the sources or the causes of it is a little bit um, hard to define. Uh, some say that it's a imbalance of the serotonin in the brain or, mm. or different things, but it's a compulsive urge to steal things. And a lot of times these things have very little value to you at all. And sometimes people will return those things later after they feel guilty about it or just take it. Not necessarily. Not necessarily. Yeah, they dump them away. They dump them away. Mm -hmm. And so it's just, I guess, the pleasure feeling of being able to take something that they like or that they want. I guess it's it's kind of they're addicted to this feeling Mm -hmm. in this way. So... Yeah, that, that's that's a kleptomaniac, and then pyromaniac is obviously you know people who have an infatuation with with fire or starting fires. So it, there's no record of this person starting a fire, but yeah, anyway. But he admitted to that. <laughs> he admitted to that. That's right. Um, so let's move on a little bit more. After the passing of his mother, uh, the artist stated that it was a turning point for him in his life as he began to focus solely on music. Uh, his group dropped their first album called. Soul Food in 1995, mm. uh, which received critical success. I mean, it was a bit optimistic in attitude and its incorporation of live instrumentation infused with the sound of classic soul and funk music. So it was a plethora of a lot of different styles. Uh, the album became a touchstone for an emerging subgenre of hip hop based in a certain area of the country. Can't share that right now, but <laughs> I think Mr. Leo might already know. Uh, the group released a couple more albums before this artist broke away for a solo career. And this artist has a no. I think I'm, I think I'm going to save that fact for a little bit later. Okay. <laughs> We're going to move on to fact number three. And again, this guy's huge. So it's really hard to mask who he is until the end because he's just such a really he's he's such a big name in music. 
Uh, and this uh, information is according to Wikipedia and um, the Voice Wiki. In 2006, this artist teamed up with DJ Danger Mouse. All right, mm-hmm. and made history with a very, very notable single that is one of my personal favorites. Mm. Uh, the track was the first single to reach number one in the UK through downloads alone, while in the US, it scored major play at eight different radio formats, placing it in the most ever radio airplay charts in a single week. This song went on to win a Grammy Award for Best Urban Alternative Performance, while the dynamic duo's platinum certified full length debut album. Uh, that I don't, I, I can't really say it right now, but I will later receive the Grammy for the best alternative music album. So yeah, this group returned in 2008 with another album, which garnered international acclaim and four Grammy Award nominations. Really, really big albums. Very insightful. Very deep. Um, a bit twisted, if I can say. But it was a really, really, it was art. I love this music. I mean, I remember listening to it and I would paint while I would listen to it because it was just so inspirational. Mm. Um, This artist was one of the first judges in The Voice from season one to season three. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, big, big clues there. We're going to move on to fact number four. And this is according to Wikipedia. This artist has earned particular praise for his spirited high-pitched delivery Mm. with some comparing his voice to a 1970s soul singer Al Green all right Mm -hmm. (laughs) he was one of popular music's most in-demand guest artists lending his voice to hit tracks to the likes of TLC and I didn't realize that he sang a song for them one of their biggest singles which was called Waterfalls he was a background vocal on that song Uh, Outkast Bruno Mars, B.O.B., Diddy, Ludacris, Santana, Common, Music Soul Child, and the Pussycat Dolls, to whom he co-wrote and produced 2005's worldwide hit, Don't Ya, featuring Busta Rhymes. Love that track. Um, in 2014, he got into hot water with some issue of consent during the height of the Me Too movement. And this can be a very difficult situation when you're someone of a a big name. Mm. Sometimes these individuals, they get into positions of power and sometimes they abuse it. I mean, let's face it. they, They have everything available to them and sometimes over people's lives and sometimes they take it too far and so you had a lot of people during this time frame coming forward and some of these accusations were accurate and some of them were not so it's a it was a really tough situation especially when substances are involved Mm. and for this particular artist there were substances and so you know it, it was a really a twitter storm ensued of course the charge was dropped due to insufficient evidence but it was still a really um, tough situation, uh, and I and it's yeah, it's really hard to know who's who's telling the truth. Who's telling 100%. the truth, man? Mm. It's it's really hard. So yeah, but anyway, we're gonna move on to fact number five, and this is um, from Wikipedia as well. In 2010, he rebooted his solo career with the album, and this is where things I, I just have to spill the beans here. I can't just I can't keep it. The Lady Killer and his single that I can't name on this program (laughs) was an instant hit registering over 2 million plays in less than a week on YouTube. Mm. Uh, In 2010, he received five Grammy nominations for it and won the best urban alternative performance. 
Um, he also performed as himself in some episodes of a film called Parenthood in 2011, The American Dad, and I think that's a famous um, you know cartoon uh, cartoon series. series. Uh, anger management in 2013 and furthermore he did voice acting work on several episodes of the brack show in 2002 robot chicken in 2007 and this crazy animation called the boondocks back in 2008 he starred in a hollywood film with adam levine kira knightley and mark ruffalo in a film called Begin Again, which I absolutely loved. Great story, great music, and of course he featured his um, his skills in that movie as well. Uh, he was featured in the soundtrack and on another famous blockbuster animation called Kung Fu Panda. He did a, <laughs> he did a rendition that I absolutely loved of a 1970s uh, song that was really popular called Kung Fu Fighting. He did his Kung rendition Fu of it. Fighting. Da, 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 da. Yeah, he did a really amazing job on that. And so anyway, that actually brings me to the end of my facts here. And yeah, I this guy he's he's super big, and I know Mr. Liu knows exactly who I was referencing this whole time. So why don't you tell me what gave it away for you? Because <laughs> uh, I'm already assuming you know who it is. So just tell me what gave it away for you, and then and then drop it on us. Okay, it's probably when you first mentioned he was on The Voice, mm. and he was not Adam. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, oh my god, you made that. So easy because <laughs> there were only three male judges. Okay. And the other one is a country star and you don't listen to country. So <laughs> even if I don't know anything else, I would be able to guess who this is. And then, of course, you mentioned a lot of his works, mm. including that unmentionable song, which is F You. Or and, Forget You, right? Yeah, yeah, Forget You. And also, I am a huge fan of uh, begin again as well. Mm. I just want to say that one thing I don't like about that film is I don't think Kira Knightley is a good singer. Mm. Okay. So that really interfered with my overall enjoyment of that film. <laughs> oh, that's too bad. That's too bad. All right. So go ahead and drop it on us, man. Who, who do we have today? Okay. So the singer is none other than CeeLo Green. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. CeeLo Green is an American singer, rapper, and songwriter known for his soulful voice and flamboyant persona, both as a solo performer and as part of the rap group The Goody Mob and the eclectic duo Gnarls Barkley, which I referenced earlier. Two awesome albums, and I hope that they do a little bit more work together because their first album was Saint Elsewhere, which I absolutely loved, and the second one was uh, The Odd Couple. Yeah. Great music, and their lead single for their first album was Crazy, yeah. which is one of and my I, yes, favorites. I was going to mention that. I know for a fact that you're crazy about crazy, <laughs> especially the music video. Yes, indeed, which is a work of art. With his velvety vocals and trademark Southern Fried accent, the Atlanta-based artist was born Thomas DeCarlo Calloway. And yes, his stage name is CeeLo Green, as you mentioned already, and just an amazing artist. And I got a few tracks that I would love to share from this artist. And uh, first up is, of course, my favorite that I think that everyone should have a chance to listen to and feel, and that is Crazy from the St. Elsewhere Gnarls Barkley album. 
And that will be followed by Fool For You from the Lady Killer album. And if there's time, I'd like to play a little bit of that Kung Fu fighting from the Kung Fu Panda soundtrack. Check it out. I remember when, I remember, I remember when I lost my mind. There was something so pleasant about that place. Even your emotions have an echo in so much space.
That was Kung Fu Fighting by CeeLo Green from the Kung Fu Panda soundtrack. 
Love that song. The energy. It's, you know, it's got a feel good vibe to it. But the video is also pretty funny. You got an old Kung Fu master <laughs> dancing, got his students behind him, and they're all just kind of <laughs> dancing. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head. That song always puts me in a good mood, no matter what. So it's, a, I think it's a very safe bet. And also, I, I would like to mention that you know how big stars always come up with Christmas albums, right? Yeah. So I don't know if you have listened to his Christmas album,、mm. and he did this cover version of "Mary, Did You Know,"、mm. and that happens to be my. Absolute favorite, really. So many cover versions. That is my absolute favorite. Oh man, I, I haven't heard it. I can't say I'm not a huge fan of Christmas, but if he sang a rendition of a Christmas song, I would definitely like to hear it because he's just so so soulful. And he's got an album called CeeLo Green Is the Soul Machine. I, I love it. <laughs> I love the title and、um, that track that was before Kung Fu Fighting. You know, Fool for You is just. I think is a classic example of. You know his singing style and just how he's able to write a beat and just the soul in his voice, man, it speaks for itself. But anyway, let's move on to your artist now. So who you got for us, man? Okay, I'm very excited because this artist I practically grew up listening to her songs. Okay, and that is not an exaggeration. So、cool. let's get into it. All right. She was born on September the 30th, 1961, in Taiwan. All right. So right there, that's a huge clue because if you do the quick math, <laughs> <laughs> if you do the quick math, that means she's already sixty-one years old. Oh, so I、man. love the coincidence. Okay, born in sixty-one, and she is sixty-one. Jeez. Okay.、Hmm. And what's interesting is that even though she was born in Taiwan, and even though she does have some hugely popular mandol pop songs,、mm-hmm. she is widely considered. As a Hong Kong singer, okay, and that's because she moved to Canada with her family at the age of four and didn't come back until she was an adult. Oh wow! Okay, so you may be wondering, but she went to Canada. Why did people say she was a Hong Kong singer, right? <laughs> so this is a long story. <laughs> When she was back in Taiwan on vacation one year, she unexpectedly got discovered by a talent scout and shot a commercial.、Hmm. So one thing led to another. And she quickly started acting. Okay. While she did enjoy acting, her biggest wish was to become a singer. And due to a string of coincidences, she made the bold move to go to Hong Kong、mm-hmm. and try her luck. Back then, she did not speak Cantonese at all. Oh man! She didn't even recognize Chinese characters.、Ooh. As I said, she was brought up in Canada. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's that's pretty very bold.、Mm-hmm. But her gamble paid off. Her singing career did take off in Hong Kong, and she produced hit after hit after hit. That's why she is always thought of as a Hong Kong singer. Okay, all right. So that's where she、uh, rose to fame. That's where she kind of jumped into the world of entertainment. Okay,、mm-hmm. got it. So most of that was from Baidu Baikhe. All right. And next, just now I said due to a string of coincidences. Yeah, I was kind of、right? wondering what was behind that. <laughs> so here's more juicy details. <laughs> At the time, she had a boyfriend who happened to be a big star yeah, in Taiwan. That's normally how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to mention the name of that boyfriend. Okay. But suffice it to say that he was a household name on the Chinese mainland. Okay. During the late 1980s,、mm. what that was because he performed on China Central Television's annual Spring Festival Gala one year, and that left such a deep impression. Okay. Everybody 
I do mean everybody was enamored with him. Okay, was he one of the four heavenly kings? No. Okay. Because we already did four heavenly kings. Okay. And okay. four heavenly kings, you know, they are mostly、um, Hong Kong stars. Right. 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 But he is a Taiwan star. Okay. All right. So this boyfriend was very much in love with this artist, but for some reason, the boyfriend's mother really disliked her. Oh man. Okay. So there was no confirmed evidence of why she disliked her,、mm. but my guess is because she was brought up in Canada, maybe the mother thought she was too westernized、mm. and was not Chinese enough、okay. for her son. All right. All right. That was just my guess. <laughs> so this artist didn't want to. Cause more friction between her boyfriend and the mother,、mm. so she decided to call it quits. Oh wow! But because it was a rather sad situation, so she felt like she had to leave Taiwan.、Mm. You know, because if、of、she、course. stayed in Taiwan, she would just always think of the boyfriend. Yeah, and how sad that was. Much harder to get over it when you're in that stuck in that environment. So that's why she left Taiwan and went to Hong Kong instead.、Okay. That's also according to Bai Du Bai Ke. All right. Next clue. As I said earlier, she did not speak Cantonese,、mm. but she did have a singing career in Hong Kong. So you must have guessed that she was able to have someone help her with Cantonese,、mm-hmm. and that's exactly what happened. She lucked out because when she arrived in Hong Kong, the right people showed up. In particular, an established male singer was looking for a duet partner because he had the song on his hand, and it had to be a male-female duet. Okay. And somebody recommended this upcoming artist to him, and he listened to her sing, and he was like, "Yes, I dig her voice. <laughs> like, That's it, it. Has to be her." <laughs> so he decided to teach her Cantonese himself. That sounds like romance is in the works there too. Yes, yeah, you have I mean, very good <laughs> teaching a language、instincts. to somebody. It's just gonna happen. And gradually, something happened, and it developed into a romance.、Mm. And at first, people were. Not so hot on that、mm-hmm. because they think, oh, they're mixing business with pleasure, and that's never going to turn out <laughs> good, right? But guess what? They did get married, and the marriage is almost thirty years now,、oh, wow. and they're still happily married. Wow. Okay. Yeah, it just goes to show you, you know, sometimes people's opinions and all the static from the outside, you know, just people around you. It just sometimes it just doesn't matter. But I think it takes two people to be really strong in their conviction of of love to stick through it all, especially when you have a lot to lose. And I think these artists, you know, their fame and what people think means a lot. Because、mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, if people don't really like you, then you're not going to do so well in your business. So, yeah. yeah, yeah personally,、cool. I also really enjoy this particular romance story because、mm. she looked up to him because he was an established singer, and not just that, he was one of the most popular singers in Hong Kong,、mm. and she initially thought of him as her idol. Oh, so this、wow. is also one of those like I'm pursuing my idol, yet somehow I succeeded. <laughs> type of inspirational. <laughs> yeah, never that story. never happens, right? To the rest、yeah. of us normal people, but yeah, yeah for her, that's that's cool. So next clue: This artist released her first Cantonese album in 1984.、Mm-hmm. It was very well received, and it spawned one of her signature songs. But compared with her later songs, that song was just a minor hit. So I am going to 
give you the name right here.、Mm-hmm. It's called Ten Minutes Past Midnight, and that song was written by her husband. Okay, of、Ten、course. Then her、midnight. mentor. All right. And she released her career-defining album later in 1988. That album's title was the same as its lead single. I can't say the name here <laughs> because that one was too famous. Dead All、right. giveaway. All right. I will tell you this: it was originally a Mandarin song by a male singer. That song was also very popular, but not as popular as the Cantonese version.、Hmm. And when I first heard the Cantonese version, I almost didn't recognize it,、hmm. even though the Mandarin version was very popular. That's because the arrangement was entirely different. Okay. Yeah, it takes a certain ability to do that as well. Right, and while I enjoyed both versions, I have to say I like the Cantonese version a little bit better. Sure. So just when I thought she couldn't be any more popular with this song, she proved me wrong. Starting in 1990, she won the title of most popular female singer in Hong Kong four years in a row.、Mm. In the meantime, because she also started to release Mandarin albums, she became one of the biggest Mandal pop stars as well. And one of her signature songs was so ubiquitous that it was reported to be the most picked song in karaoke on the Chinese mainland、hmm. during the early 1990s.、Mm. That's according to Baidu Baikue. That's kind of cool. Yeah, and also that popular Mandal pop song I couldn't name.、Mm-hmm. Um, here's one interesting tidbit I could tell you. That song was so popular, also because that was the time so many businessmen tried to do it on their own、mm. on the Chinese mainland. Okay. And that song just had this vibe to it, and it almost like encouraged you to take risks、oh, to be bolder. Had that hustle spirit yeah, in it, huh? So that was also、okay. why. Wow. So, so she's、popular. got a hustler's anthem. <laughs> That's what's up. Next clue. This artist's acting career was also going great. In 1986, she starred in Peking Opera Blues alongside two other female movie stars. It was one of the very few movies at that time that was female-centric.、Hmm. And interestingly enough, those two stars were almost universally hailed as two of the most beautiful Chinese women on the big screen. Oh wow! Okay.、Mm-hmm. Honestly, I think beauty is a very subjective concept. Sure. Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's really hard. I mean, there's a lot of people who say that certain such and such person is hot, or this person is gorgeous. And then when this person sees it, I swear, Yun Chi and I, we, we, we never <laughs> can agree on who's who's hot and who's not. You know what I mean? It's really tough. But yeah,、uh, super subjective. Yeah. So I think plenty of people find her as beautiful as her co-stars. That's what I was trying to get at. But I suspect the main reason she didn't think of herself as beautiful was that she is a very tall. Woman,、hmm. like five eight or five nine. Okay. Yeah, and especially consider she's Chinese. Yeah. And back in the eighties, nineties, like、um, most Chinese women, especially in the showbiz, nobody is taller than five six, five seven. Okay. So that's why she considered herself like one of the big girls. And also in Chinese culture, big is equivalent to tall, not、hmm. necessarily you know the F word. Oh, fat, huh? Yeah. <laughs> so that's <laughs> why she. Healthy. I think healthy is a nicer way of putting it. You know. So that's why she considered herself a big girl, hence not beautiful, which is unfortunate. Yeah, yeah. 
But maybe it's a way for her to stay humble, you know, considering her um, environment. Because I know back in Canada or in the West, it's different. I mean, the taller you are, the more. I mean, they tend to use a lot of taller women for models. Yeah. So it's like, and that's the first thing that comes to my mind when I see someone that's tall and she's attractive. And it's like, oh, I wonder if you're. Are you a model? Model, yeah. Yeah. So it's just a exactly. completely different association there. Yeah. So like I said, maybe also because mm, it was a different time, a different era. Right. Because at that time, people probably didn't think too much about supermodels. Mm. So when they see tall women, they just think, oh, this is not something we are accustomed to. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so all this talk about her being tall and being big, that was from A Date with Lu Yu, okay. that famous um, Chinese talk show host. Okay. talk to you about yeah right. she was like the chinese version of oprah all right so a lot of stars <laughs> revealed intimate details on her shows cool cool all right okay so next clue this artist is known for being very modest she has won practically all the major singing awards in the greater china region especially the golden needle award in hong kong and golden melody awards in taiwan I've heard of the Golden Melody, but the Golden Needle. Yeah, that that's, that one's is for Hong Kong. Golden okay. Melody Awards is for Taiwan, and because the awards for Taiwan are mostly for songs that are in Mandarin. Okay. So they are probably more famous. Right. All right. On the Chinese mainland. But she has always maintained that luck played a major role in her getting all those awards. She said she only started getting awards after Anita Mui announced that she was no longer receiving any awards mm. because she didn't want to monopolize the game, and that's why <laughs> <laughs> that's why she was I'm able la- to get those awards. I'm laughing because that's <laughs> funny. I don't want to get any more awards because I'm just there's no one better than me. I'm just gonna t- <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna take them all. Is if I compete, I'm gonna win. So I'm gonna step back so these other people can win. You know, <laughs> this is kind of what I hear when 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 you yeah, said that. Yeah, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, when I put it that way, you probably would think that. But my point was, she was very humble because she attributed her success to Anita Mui not accepting awards, mm. not uh, because of her excellence. Right. But I think she received those awards because. Because of her own excellent performances, okay, that was what I was trying to get at. This artist is also known for having a very positive mindset. She is often caught smiling or laughing in candid pictures, because、okay. you know Hong Kong is famous for their paparazzi cultures,、mm-hmm. and people are always trying to catch stars in not so flattering photos. <laughs> But for some reason, in those candid photos, she was always caught having a giant smile on her face, and you know that's why people think. She has a very positive mindset. Okay. And、um, also, when it comes to her marriage with her husband, rumors have always been rampant. Like, oh, they are in trouble. Their marriage is on the rocks. You know,、mm, stuff like that. That happens. But. She never seemed to be bothered by such rumors at all. That's why I also say she keeps a very healthy and very optimistic frame of mind.、Mm, okay, got to do that. Like I said, you know earlier, yeah, they're they're always on the attack. They never sleep. And also, this couple both participated in the reality show "Good Old Days of Cantopop" earlier this summer. 
and gave quite a few memorable performances together on the stage. That sounds like a really big clue.、Mm-hmm. Huge clue. Anybody could see that their love was still going strong.、Mm. So all those rumors put to rest. Or maybe it was a good performance. You know, sometimes people do that. <laughs> sometimes they do that on these programs. I mean, if people are, you know, especially if they had a bad rap in them in the media, and it's like, okay, we need to really, you know, this is a publicity stunt. We got to make sure we got to do. We got to play the part. You know, I don't know. I'm just always skeptical about these kinds of things. Okay,、you know? I, I get your point. <laughs> I don't believe that, but I get your point. <laughs>、right. Also, her appearance on the show drew many new fans. Why? Because, like I said, she's already in her 60s, so most of her hair is actually white, and no one would blame her if she decided to dye her hair, right?、Mm-hmm. But she decided to remain all natural, and she appeared on the stage in her white hair. Oh wow, that、yeah. takes some serious. I don't even know what that is. It's just self assurance, confidence, and just because. Yeah, you're right. I mean, you rarely see anyone, especially I think for you may see some guys go all silver because you know they, there's a term for it, you know, silver fox. Silver fox.、Mm-hmm. But I mean, for ladies, most of the time they they hide that, and so that's kind of cool that、uh, she was you know comfortable in her own skin and well, more specifically, her hair. Yeah, I gotta say, you know, that hair. Got so many discussions on the internet,、mm. and I think it was definitely、um, something I could relate to because it shook me as well when I first saw that. I was like, "Whoa, you can do that!"、Mm. But when that shocking factor was gone, I actually started to really appreciate that because she taught everybody a great lesson. You don't have to pay too much attention to how you're getting older because. You are getting older. Yeah. As long as you're comfortable with your own skin, with how you look naturally, then everybody else will follow suit. Yes. So、right. I think that was a great lesson, and、Absolutely. that's why I became a bigger fan after this particular performance on the show. Yeah, that she she has certainly has backbone. That's for sure.、Mm-hmm. And if you still need more tips, here are some random tidbits. They're、okay. all quite interesting. All right. A similar to her ex-boyfriend, she also appeared on CCTV's annual Spring Festival gala. She performed one of her Mandarin hits called "I Say My Love to You." I say my love to you. Okay.、Mm-hmm. I'm telling you this because it's one of her minor hits. <laughs> oh, okay. I was thinking. I was it's like, not a dead giveaway. So <laughs> I was like, okay, I could look that one up. <laughs> yeah. And B, she sang the Cantonese version of "My Heart Will Go On." Oh, so which of course is the theme song of Titanic, right? And C, one of her most popular songs was the theme song for a Chinese ghost story. That film starred Leslie Cheung and Joey Wong. Joey Wong was Chi Ching's ex-girlfriend.、Hmm. They had this tumultuous relationship, and of course, both Leslie Cheung and Chi Ching have already had their episodes on Pop Muse. Yes,、so、they small have. Small world, right? <laughs> And D, this artist also sang the theme song for a terracotta warrior.、Hmm. That film starred Zhang Yimou and Gong Li. That's right, Zhang Yimou, the famous director. Yeah, and also wasn't he married to Gong Li? No, no, they were. In a relationship, okay, but they were never married. Okay, because they they've done a lot of movies together, right? True, but Zhang Yimou was the lead actor of that film, and that was very rare.、Mm. As far as I could remember, probably one of the two films he actually starred. Yeah,、in. actually starred in. Okay, interesting. And she sang in that. She sang the th- theme song of the that film. The theme song. Okay.、Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, I'm sure that's screaming out the answer for our listeners out there. Of course, over here, I'm just kind of like,、mm, 
you know, kind of my head's kind of spinning. I'm just trying to find something that I can search online when I get my 30 seconds. <laughs> so I think if you really want that clue that could help you with the 30 seconds, I think. I think you've just given it. I think that. Yeah, that show with the white hair. It was talk of the town this past summer. Mm, okay, well, I'm going to pull out my phone right now. I'm not sure if that will be on Western media, but um, I do have one fact that you gave me. So let's see here. Go ahead and start the countdown. Okay, 30 seconds. All right. Uh... 20. <laughs> 10. Five, Come on, four, don't don't let me get three, don't let me down. Two, one. <laughs> Time's up. Do you have a name? Uh, okay. So a name came up. I'm not sure if it's the person because one of the names that has come up is a name that has already been covered on the show. Mm-hmm. So What's I that? think that that's it. And the name that I'm seeing right now is in Chinese, which I don't read. <laughs> <laughs> which is not helpful. Um, okay. Well, I have a name. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've never heard of this person before. Okay. But um, she is known for being a canto pop singer, canto pop singer in Hong yes. Kong. Correct. Uh... And the the fact that I looked up was the fact that she sang My Heart Will Go On by Celine Dion, which is, you know, that's just kind of a hard song to sing. Mm. And if there's a Cantonese version of it, mm. then I would imagine that this person would have to be pretty bold to try to attempt this song. Two names came up. As I mentioned, one of them was um, Faye Wong. And I was like, oh, we covered we already her already. Her. Yeah. And then another name came up. And it was Sally Yeah. Yeah. And that's um, right. I'm just thinking uh, as I read the profile here, it sounds like it's close to what you were mentioning. So I'm going to go ahead and run with that. Sally Yeah. Correct. Yes. Well done. Well done. But obviously, um, I have never heard of Fei Wang's version. Did really? she really sing the Cantonese version? Of yeah, well, according my heart to, will go on. According to this, my, my I think that's here. fake news. Is it fake news? <laughs> <laughs> might be, might be. <laughs> but yes, that was Sally Yip. So. Sally Ye is one of the most beloved and iconic canto pop and mendo pop singers who has been in the music business for decades. She is also an actress who has starred in many iconic Hong Kong films alongside household names such as Chow Rin Fat mm. and Leslie Chung. Thanks to her recent participation in variety shows, especially the one I talked to you about, yeah. she is back in the limelight as one of the most talked about TV personalities at the moment. We are going to hear two of her songs. One is Take Care. That is actually um, adapted from a Mandarin song, originally by Dave Wong. Mm. See how everything is connected? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> seriously. Yeah, and the other song is I'm Always Dreaming of You. This is an English song, first of all. It's a duet from her and Tommy Page. Okay. So do you know Tommy Page? I've heard this name before. Yeah, he actually had a number one hit on Billboard Hot 100 singles in the early 1990s. Mm. But he largely stopped being a singer. Um, he became some kind of like music executive. And okay. he worked at Billboard. But anyway, 
I was trying to mention him because. Unfortunately, he died by suicide back、mm. in 2017 because he had depression. So obviously, with the mental health connection, I picked the song. All right, all right. Well, thank you for sharing, Mr. Liu. We're going to go ahead and end this episode of Pop News for all of you listening. Thank you for joining us, and be sure to tune in for another episode for another revealing and insightful episode of Pop News. I'm TJ Reed. I'm No Yap. Take it easy, folks. We'll see you next time. Still in time, taken by your side.